0: Okay, everybody, welcome to Investing with IBD Podcast, sponsored by Vantage Point. It's Wednesday, August 4th, 2021, and I'm your host, Justin Nielsen. And of course, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Arusha Piras, O'Neill Global Advisors Portfolio Manager. And our guest today is Jim Ropel, founder of Ropel Capital Management. Uh, Welcome, Jim, back to the show. Great to be here. It's been a long time. Has it? Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like we get to talk to you all the time. Uh, we're lucky. Uh, you've been a a long time Cancelum investor. I think we met at one of the master's programs where you came to hear Bill speak. Um, and of course, you were always kind of sneaking in those special meetings with Bill. Uh so a lot of uh insight that you got from the founder, of course, uh William O'Neill and uh over your time. Uh, joining those seminars, but man, you've really become a wealth of knowledge yourself. Uh, you've got the GrowStockMentor.com, and right. of course, people can follow you at Twitter at Upticken. Uh, yes, so there's a lot of places where people can kind of get your information. But let's get into a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. On our agenda, we're going to talk about the current market. We're also going to look at two of the things that Jim finds to be critical for his stock market success, specifically liquidity and cushion, and maybe a little bit about how he got off the razor's edge so he could get a little bit higher quality of life. And as always, we are going to end with some stock ideas from Jim. So let's go ahead and get started. Arusha, how about the market? Uh, We've got a lot of distribution days on the S&P 500 at six. Uh, We've got maybe four distribution days on the NASDAQ, but doesn't seem to phase those indexes uh, They're, you know, right, right there at new highs, we made a closing high yesterday on the S&P 500. Uh, the NASDAQ is, you know, just just moments away from a, a closing high as well. Uh, it's the Russell 2000 that seems to be having the trouble as that gets stuck below its 50 day moving average. What are your thoughts?
1: You know, this this market continues to be resilient, it continues to find a floor pretty quickly. Sometimes we'll have these sell-offs that last a day or two, and then all of a sudden, everything's back to normal and everything's good. And it's just been a very quick shakeout. So here's the the S&P 500, and I'll I'll pull up the NASDAQ too. And I think the the real lesson here is you you want to give your stocks a little bit of room, a little bit of wiggle room if they come in, especially in the morning, especially earlier in the week, to see if they can recover. Uh, Jim, let's get your thoughts on this uh, on this market and uh, how, how, how are you handling it?
2: You know, Billy used to say a lot, the market will scare you out or wear you out. And right. in this case, it's been wearing uh, me and a lot of people out. It's, it's, it's such a mixed response to earnings. Uh, you had a big rally about ended about three weeks ago that was really driving a lot of liquid leaders and they've all cooled and they've retraced back to their pivots or undercut so it's been kind of mushy it's it's not a really firm market you've had a few breakaway gaps which have been exceptional right but in general they're kind of languishing so if you're a intermediate term trend follower or a congestion breakout method you're really struggling now if you retired from some company and bought the indexes you know 4 months ago you're like this is great You're an investor and you're just chill. Like if, if your uh, money management routine is just turn the computer off and go play tennis, this has been great. But if you have real risk management, you've been getting chopped up. So you may have got a um, fortune and caught a couple really good ones. But in general, uh, it's been tough lately. Yeah, and there's been this
0: kind of rotation that's been going on. I mean, you know, just recently, I mean, you had energy and materials, the steel stocks, all of those kind of some of the cyclical names that were showing some power, you know, doing some breakouts. But then it seems like the next day they're out of favor. A couple of days later, they're back in favor. And, you know, meanwhile, tech is kind of uh, you either have one or the other. You either have tech doing well and the, the cyclicals not or vice versa. Um, has, has that affected you at all, Jim, with that rotation again, kind of adding to that mushiness?
2: It, it really did significantly. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I was up pretty, pretty strongly. And then the cyclicals came into, uh, favor and they only pseudo meet can slim variables. Like I think if Bill was here, he'd go, well, the new high list is the greatest list in the world, which was jammed with commodity stocks. But when you look at the comp rating, their earnings are terrible, bad, or there's, there's a lot of fundamental variables that don't fit can slim they're not like CrowdStrike or docu which you know fit everything so you have to take a leap of faith to go with the commodity names and then the rally did not have persistence uh i mean lumber's 50 percent off the high Uh, the oil stocks copper they've all broken down so and, and then growth came back so you know the bane of a trend follower is whipsaw Right. So you, you get a start and then no follow through. And like I was discussing all those liquid leaders we had that rallied really hard. They then did not follow through. They follow through has been tough to get lately. It's And, and that's a, a kind of a good thing because the market's really showing you what the big money is really willing to support and not. So when the market really does come on, we may have a clue. But to your yeah. point
0: earlier, I mean, it's like, There's not much of a pullback in the indexes you're seeing in the the individual stocks. But meanwhile, the S&P 500 and NASDAQ are maybe correcting, you know, 3% at most and then coming right back.
2: Uh, Well, I would agree a 100%. That's a perfect uh, um, example of what's going on. But if you look at the percentage of stocks above the 150 day moving average, it's around 40, it's down from 80 to around 30, 40% or something under the hood, under You know, your mega cap liquid leaders have held this market up and persevered. Google's right at the high, Microsoft, all of them. But under the hood, there's a lot of damage, a lot, lot. You know, how do you have only 35, 40% of all the stocks above the 150 day? It's been, you know, tough sledding.
1: Yeah, Jim, getting back to the, the commodities, industrial stocks, uh, one, one thing that I found, because I, I was trying some of those when they were com- coming about, uh, first, they, there wasn't a lot of fall through. But one, one thing that I struggled and I, I would get shaken out a little bit quicker on those stocks uh, because I didn't have the conviction. It's like, sure, OK, some steel stocks are going well and I kind of get the infrastructure and all this all this kind of stuff. But it's not like understanding like a classic can slim stock like a docusign or or, or one of these uh, CrowdStrike or or one of these stocks you might actually be using their service mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that conviction uh, i found you know has really made it hard for me to hold out those stocks that i, I just don't understand uh, i mean does that affect you are you just going more on the price and volume if you're trying to go uh, really kind of out of your or your circle of expertise every stock
2: where i've made thunder money i intimately understood the variables just every int i intimately understood those companies mm-hmm. the companies that i buy because they have a very nice pattern and a great breakout and i pseudo understand are the ones i'll get shaken out of immediately Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> identical to you if i don't believe intrinsically in the story i'm i'm likely to get whipped out i mean rules will keep you in or maybe sometimes there'll be a breakaway and it'll get so strong so quickly uh, I will get familiar with the fundamentals deeply, quickly, but in general, the names that I've killed it in, I knew what was going on while it was in the base, or I'd seen it in prior cycles, where it maybe had a, you know, in the early days, it had a run, but it really didn't have the institutional sponsorship yet, and then a couple of years later, it came out, and I, I, I already known it from a long, Broadcom was one of them, mm-hmm. uh, SanDisk was one of them, uh, so yeah. Bottom line is, if you don't understand the story, you are going to be the one causing the shakeout. Right. Yeah. And
1: and one, one thing, Jim, also is you're reminding me of a question right here is you have experience talking about Broadcom and Sandisk, So So you have a, a good reservoir experience to lean back on. And there are going to be times, right, especially for a can slim growth investor, where the markets are going up and you're just kind of getting whipped around. How have you in the past, when you worked yourself kind of out of it, because obviously, it's very, very frustrating. How have you in the past kind of kept up the faith and and things like that? Because obviously, a lot of people, and I've gone through it plenty of times, and every single time, you know, there's in the back of my head, like, why am I doing this? Maybe it's like, it's getting so (laughs) frustrating, you start to question (laughs) life.
2: Okay, this is, this is really opportune at this moment. Sometimes people will have a stock and they'll get really lucky and it'll go to Mars, and they'll think it was luck. But if you're using Can Slim, it's not luck. You pick the right stock based on all the critical variables, and you did it right. And I've done this for thirty years. Now the first time you might think, ah, it's a fluke. I'm not that smart. I'm not saying I'm that smart, but I can follow instructions pretty well. You do it again and again and again over thirty years, and you compound out your money for thirty years, like. I've seen a million, I've seen 15 slow summers out of 30 years, Mm -hmm. but let's go back to why this is all happening. It's capitalism, it's free markets, and it's freedom, and it's in America. Until the golden goose of capitalism is snuffed out by socialism, there will be entrepreneurs trying to better their lives, level up, innovate, create a new product in their garage. They're going to need capital. They're going to go public, it's gonna form a perfect base. It's gonna have 100% sales and earnings growth. It's gonna have a 99 comp rating. It's gonna come ripping out and it's never going to end as long as capitalism is what we use to govern our, our economy. It's not gonna end. It's just We've had a perfect record of it. It's not stopped since this country was founded and it's, it's not going to stop. So you can bank, when you go to bed tonight and you're like, oh, the market's weak and it's mushy and I missed, you know, Moderna rest assured there's going to be five or six more monsters this year there's going to be 20 true market leaders every year for the rest of your life it's just are you going to use the template to identify them do you have the emotional control and discipline to stay with the plan and that's it if you don't have the emotional control and the discipline all the tml's in the world presented to you on a plate you're going to screw it up anybody could in about 20 minutes you can learn how to screen with market smith to pick all the lead, all the leading stocks it might take you 22 2 years to 20 years to figure out how to emotionally how to deal with it and make the money so well, and as you
0: said it's it's not really about luck if you're using those rules you know it's almost like an inevitability that you are going to catch one of those big market leaders um, but as you said, it's learning how to handle them is the, is the big issue. Now, if we could just step back a little bit to the overall market, um, what what you know are you looking at the day-to-day that much? Or is, is your market view a little bit different, Jim, in terms of uh, how that is influencing your maybe exposure levels or how aggressive you're getting or
2: when you may be raising cash? As I've aged, I have become more conservative and I don't, I do watch the market every day, most of the day. Mm-hmm. I try never to watch tick by tick. I think that's, you know, counterproductive, but the markets become mushy and I don't wanna swing the bat when I'm down. I want more confidence that the market is going to support the names. And it's, it's the dog days of summer. The big dogs are out on Long Island, you know, playing squash and golf and yachting. Uh, The grunts are in the shop and the grunts don't make the world, don't make the market levitate. The big whales do. So until they come back, I'm patient. I don't, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Okay. Uh, You want to protect your mental capital in in a mushy period and be prepped. Mental capital might be more important than monetary capital, right? When, and if you're down 3 4 5% don't sweat it okay you can make that back in in a week 5 mm-hmm. 6 days and beyond that if you are using canslim it shouldn't shock you when you make money you're following a really proven model that's worked for a long long time so if you get out of sync just redouble your efforts and what what variable wasn't there what did i overlook because it works and it's going to continue to work cuz Human psychology is what drives the market, and that's not going to change. Human DNA is fear and greed, and that's what runs this market. It's until you change human DNA, slim is going to work.
0: So after the break, we're going to get into uh, some of those variables, specifically liquidity and cushion that you look at so that you can kind of, uh, you know, get a little bit better at getting through the mushiness so uh, and increase your odds of success because really that's what we're all looking to do. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you feel like you're always late to the best trades? You don't have to kick yourself for those missed opportunities any longer. Today is your day. Vantage Point's artificial intelligence has helped traders of all experience levels with its predictive analysis forecasting. Visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how their AI, automatically recognizes global market patterns well ahead of the news to help you pick the best trade. Go to www.freestockcoaching.com to join a free live training session today. Vantage Point's patented artificial intelligence can give you a massive edge. Don't hesitate, save your seat now. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm your host, Justin Nielsen, and Arusha is joining me. He put on a jacket today. Uh, Jim <laughs> didn't get the memo, unfortunately. He's our guest, Jim Ropel. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jim. You were talking a lot about these overall trends uh, with, with the market, but let's start getting into the variables um, that you you use most of all. Arusha, where do you want to start?
1: Yeah. So, Jim, let's go into liquidity, because we talk about this a lot in you know, IBD Live and in, in, in a number of different formats, but this is an incredibly important concept. So first let's start off with just defining liquidity just to make sure we're all on the same page and then and then we'll go further there. So, so what, what is liquidity and, and what specifically are you looking for in stocks? All
2: right. The best measure I know is average daily dollar volume. So it's share price times average daily volume so if a stock trades a million shares a day and it's three dollar stock it's illiquid it's it's nothing it's irrelevant but if it trades a million shares a day it's 300 Mm -hmm. now you're talking about liquidity and a lot of times i'll get the question is jim what's the secret give me one secret you know and there's there's several very important things but one of them like the magic pixie dust the magic elixir is liquidity plus large earnings growth because when you think like a large hedge fund manager, when you're running hundreds of millions of dollars, and you know most funds are probably running 30, 40 stocks, you're still looking at putting $20 million in one name. Now, where can you go? Okay, you cannot go buy a stock that trades $30 million a day. You just cannot do it, even if you bought it every single day. And it's probably really hard for, it was, I, I, I couldn't grasp the concept until I started to run a lot of money. When you're running million, two, three, four, five million $5 million liquidity, you don't think it matters, but it does. You want to know where someone's going to be in there buying every day for 30 days, where maybe there's a a complex like fidelity, where there's four or five funds that are 30 billion or greater. And that semiconductor analyst is going to visit all four of those managers. And they're going to say, what's your favorite semi? So they're slowly going to pick it up and all the funds, if it's great, like NVIDIA is a perfect example of high earnings growth and liquidity. What's the PE ratio gonna be on a, on a company that has very high liquidity and earnings growth compared to a company that has super high earnings growth with no liquidity? It's gonna be double or triple on the bigger uh, liquidity name. Uh, and plus, you know, we're all in this for, a, the reason I think most people invest is to make their life better. Your life is not better when your stock is whipping up and down twelve percent right. a day. That's huge. Yep. So when you know that there are major institutions in there, and somebody wants to let rip with four percent of all the shares, there's people there to, to absorb that 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 supply. Now, when you have a little illiquid name that trades three four hundred thousand a day, two hundred thousand, and somebody wants to sell that much, it's going down, and there's nobody there to buy it. Yeah. Now. Does it matter if the stock goes from forty to four hundred? If you can't sit in it, it doesn't matter at all. Liquidity is the magic fairy dust. It's this. It's a secret, but people don't understand it because they don't run hundreds of millions.
0: Right. Now uh, you, you talked about this dog's day, uh, dog days of summer here, and we are looking at uh, in a lot of cases much lower volume. So you might have something. That maybe trades normally a very liquid amount on a daily basis, but you know we're looking at our screens and it's like trading negative 50% uh, versus its average. Uh, is that something where it ever scares you? Like, okay, this is normally liquid, but today,
2: does it have does it have the capability of absorbing my my trade? Well, I love it when the volume goes to zero after a massive gap up. But in mm-hmm. general, when the volume in the whole market goes down, I don't like that. And I also really find, you know, when I got started, there was 10,000 public companies. Right. We're around 5,000. Mm-hmm. So the big ones have gotten bigger. And then the liquidity just been, a, it's just gone away. Uh, it, yeah, it disturbs me a lot. Um, it reduces the number of names that people who are running 200 million or more can buy down to maybe a, a pool of 300. Mm-hmm. And when you screen out for key variables, it really shrinks that list up. So it actually, it even makes the crowded na- uh, the liquid names crowded. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, for me, I love a name that is 9 to 20 billion, you know, the lower end of, of big cap, mid cap. I love because if you can catch one of those, you know, the, the secret, like the recipe is, Sitting through five, six earnings beats in a ten billion dollar name as it goes to sixty billion. Right. Okay. That's a life changer. You do that six times in your life, you can go from private jet or from first class to private jet, or from bicycle to car or car to whatever. You can level up your life. If you do that, if you do that five times in your life, you're going to be rich.
1: Yeah, and Jim, I I think there's there's another concept here. That you're you're talking about that that I really just want to highlight you're very very specific on, on what you're looking for like right? so obviously can slim you're using the characteristics there making sure it has good earnings has a lot of liquidity and not only because this works and there's a lot of institutions that are going to push it up and goes from a10 billion dollar market cap to a 60 billion but there is a characteristic there's a behavior in these stocks when they're being accumulated when they're slowly crawling up, and then when they're being distributed. And the more you study that, the more you get experience in it, you're truly going to be a master just at that very specific type of stock.
2: If you're going to get a name that is going to go from 10 billion market cap to 40 billion or 60, you're going to have to sit through, let's just say every single year, let's say you have to sit for 18 to 24 months, you're going to, you must, if you study history and all the TMLs, you're going to have to sit through four, three to six pullbacks to the 50-day every year, which are going to be 10 to, I'm sorry, depending on a mushy, mar- like mushy market, a 10% pullback will get you to the 50 right now. But under animal spirits market, your pullback is going to be 30%. You need sure. to say, how am I going to get through this pullback? Because I guarantee you, If you're going to be in there for 18 months, you're going to have six, seven pullbacks to the 50-day and even undercuts. So anytime you're in a stock that is historically above the 50-day moving average by a large percentage, you have to ask yourself, can I take it down to the 50? And if you can't, you've got to hedge or lighten your load or you will never make it. Mm -hmm. And again, what good is it knowing if you had forward-looking information, you knew it was going to quadruple but you couldn't sit through those pullbacks. It doesn't matter. So you have to be able to sit through those, the inevitable pullbacks. But if you study the monsters, they all do it. And they generally, if the fundamentals are solid, will will get support around or below the 50 and come back and make all time new highs. Yeah.
0: And it's a hard thing to do because when it's, I mean, theoretically, when you see a stock that's had this big move and you keep on using the the phrase TML, which is true market leader. So you see one of these true market leaders. And, you know, it seems easy. Oh, yeah, I just, you know, it comes comes down to the 50. And I would just buy it. It's, it's just that simple. But, you know, as as, as the Boxing legend said, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, and it feels like a punch in the face when you get down to the 50 and you've got a drop of, you know, 20 percent, 30 percent, especially if it's one of your larger positions. You know, you start doing the math, and it's like that's that's a bit of a hit to the portfolio.
1: Listen, well, you got oh, and, and and it's not just one stock too, right? right. It's, it's like you have five, that. six stocks all doing that at the same time. Mm-hmm. For sure. People go,
2: well, are you diversified? And I'm, yeah, well, I'm diversified in eight growth stocks. Yeah, <laughs> so when right. Tesla mm-hmm. breaks, crowd going to break, it doesn't matter that one's an automotive and one's a semiconductor or whatever, security mm-hmm. stock, high growth gets pummeled in the same day. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, if you have studied history and maybe you've had a few, you have confidence and mm-hmm. confidence is critical to this game, believing that you are worth, worth it, that you're that you're worth making a lot of money, that the system works and you can make a lot of money. And then having so much confidence that when it pulls back from 80 to 70 or 65, that you have a disregard for that money, that you know, you feel confident that you'll make it back. Uh, If you're paranoid, like, Ooh, I it's, if the money's too valuable, you will sell and you will sell at the worst time because I've done it a thousand times. I've done it. Listen, I've done that every year, at least three or four times a year for 30 years. Okay. But don't let that bother you. Get back on your horse, redouble your efforts and get back in there. I mean, I remember at my dad's, I'm going to take this too far. I was at my dad's desk going through all my, all my trades, all my losses. And I was cutting everyone at five, six, 7%. And I go, you know, one day I'm going to stumble into a monster. And sure as the sun came up the next day, it happened and then it happened again, and then it happened again, and then it happened over 30 years. So I stretched that all over the place, sorry. Hey, no, no, okay. that, that,
1: that was good. Uh, now you, you touched on this a little bit, Jim, uh, but the concept of having a cushion, when you have a mm-hmm. cushion, knowing how to, to play that too, because, and, and this is what I'll I've, I've, I've fall in trap to. Sometimes I'll get this really nice cushion on a stock, and that profit is just bur- burning a hole in my pocket, right? And and I all I want to do is is lock in the gains. It's, there there's always that kind of universal question on when do you you know lock in your profits versus you have this really great question. Let's try to go for kind of the 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 life changing kind of event that that you were talking about earlier. Well,
2: it as you when you are in the need phase of your life. Making five ten thousand dollars is could be a is a game. It was a game right. changer for me. Right. I sold a stock called Macro Media up fifteen hundred dollars because I needed a new timing chain on my Honda Acura, <laughs> and it went up like you know call it fifteen thousand. Yeah. And then another stock I had, and you know I sold and made my fifteen hundred dollars, and I I was I was in the need phase of my life, but the more stocks that you capture money in. The more you're going to go, wow! I missed on, I I I nailed down fifteen hundred, but I would have made ten grand. So you make fifteen hundred a couple more times, and then you're like, I don't care about fifteen hundred dollars anymore. Right. Now I've seen that I could have made ten grand, and then you make ten gs. Your perspective up, And that one goes up fifty, and all of a sudden, up fifty is your your bogey, and then you're like, well, I sold one up fifty, but if I would have held it, I would have made a hundred, and then it's going to be a million, and that is possible for everybody listening. Right, and you know, you keep on coming back to
0: this confidence thing. I just want to share real quick that one of the things that you know, in my time working for Bill O'Neill, you know, people would ask you know him to autograph their books all the time, and I will say that the number one thing that I would see him write in people's books
1: was "You can do it." Over, you wrote that in my book, Justin. (laughs) I mean, seriously, Uh two thousand and two edition two. I still have it. Yep.
2: Mm -hmm. You guys, I'm a Bill. Knockoff! off. I didn't invent anything. The Japanese had it right. Why reinvent the wheel? Bill wrote the book. It works. Just follow the, you know, I owe this all to Bill. I followed him around like a little schoolboy for 30 years. You know, I, I didn't, I just listened. I hung on every word. I wrote every word down and I implemented it. And a lot of times I screwed it up, but I didn't give up. And most people do. You get into a market like this and You know, I have Bill stuck in the back of my head. Stay with it. You can do it. So when you get a mushy market like this, and maybe you're down a little bit, you have to have Bill on your shoulder telling you, chill it out. America is the greatest country in the world. The entrepreneurs are in their garage right now inventing things that we can't even think about. It's true. The the next Tesla is only six months. Well, I don't know about Tesla, but the next Tesla is within the next two or three years, Mm -hmm. a major innovation. Look at yeah. especially
0: you look, look you look at the IPO market that we've had this year. How right. many innovative companies have been coming out? It's incredible.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I I don't love IPOs because they don't have a lot of things I'm looking for, like earnings mm-hmm. and, liquidity right. and institutional sponsorship. <laughs> right. But if you're just screening for the Can Slim template, if it's a IPO and it fits the template, it's going to it's going to show up. So I would profess or tell people, don't look for IPOs, look for the Slim template. It's as much as I dislike IPOs, I've been in a lot of the monsters, mm-hmm. not because I was looking for them, but because I was looking for the Slim model template. Right.
1: Now, Jim, also get given, you know, following the Slim template, using a lot of weekly charts, giving stocks room to breathe and slowly trend up. You know, that kind of goes against what a lot of people will fall will will start doing, especially once they learn how to read charts or they have a brokerage platform with all the quotes flashing, where they start watching it way too closely and they feel like they have to trade all the time. You learned a valuable lesson about the quality of life mm-hmm. and just you know living a good life in addition to doing well in the markets. Uh, one day, it went when you when you're taking a, a shower, right?
2: Well, I was building a house. And I, you know, I was kind of, you know, listen, I'm not knocking people who swing trade or day trade, but you're living on a razor's edge. What's your quality of life? And I, and I kind of did a lot of heavy leverage, super concentrated stuff to build up my war chest. It's super high risk. And I was, I I was a lot younger. I'm 56, man. I've been doing this for 30 years. Mm -hmm. But once you make some money, you amass some size, you know, I was building the house And I'm like, dad, in the shower, I'm going to take one of these things out. I'm going to have him put a shelf back there so I can put a laptop up there and see, see the quotes. And my dad's like, what are you talking about? He goes, you want to live like that? And I go, well, I don't know. I do. I, and I realized I don't, Uh I want to, listen, we are, we're all investing to have a better life. If you're rich and you're like all the time, that's no life. That's no, that's not, I'm not in it for that. I'm in it. I'm not saying I'm a peaceful, tranquil dude, but maybe on the inside, I'm a lot more tranquil than I am on the outside. I'm pretty animated and things, but I do meditate almost every day. I do really try to live a balanced life. Now, I love this. To me, it's the world's greatest chess game. And I, people ask me a lot, when are you going to quit? And I'm like, I don't see that happening. I, I enjoy it too much, right. but I'm not into the volatility. I'm not into the big drawdown. I'm not trying to win back or swing the bat all the time. I'm trying to chill, enjoy my life, play the game, the greatest chess game in the world. Horse racing's got nothing on the stock market, man. Um, yeah, I want to have a quality of life. So my dad led me, to, he was the first one who made me think about that, but that was 20 years ago. You know,
0: Um I know something about those fat pitches, you know, that come, you know, uh, some, sometimes people feel like they have to do something all the time and that's just not the case. I mean, sometimes you just have those times where nothing is working and you don't have to do anything, you know, well, you can just wait for the
2: market to turn. It's detrimental. Livermore, I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said, no man has reason to trade every day.
1: Yeah.
2: Now if it's good enough for him and it's good enough for Bill, <laughs> it's good enough for me.
1: Yeah.
2: You know what? Um, listen, listen, you don't have to make it all in a year. As a okay. matter of fact, you're not going to make it all in a year. And there's no reason to try. If you, I think it's such a great quote. Someone said, if you could only make one trade a month with the stock you're about to hit the key enter on, be the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why? Weird. Why swing the bat if it's not right over the plate, right in the middle of the box? There's, just, there's only going to be more pitches coming. Just yeah. wait.
0: And it was, that's probably one of the harder things, you know, as, as we went online, I mean, you remember 30 years ago, it was, it was a phone call you had to make in order to put an order in with a broker. But now when it's just, you can do a click of a button and it's just all so fast, you know, getting quotes, everything, it, it, it is tempting, but um, speaking of stocks and ideas, uh, when we come back from the break, we are gonna pick Jim's brain a little bit and find out some of the ideas that are on his radar right now. So stay tuned. Do you want to conquer market volatility, we can help you protect your hard earned capital visit www.freestockcoaching.com and find out how vantage points AI technology can forecast stock market trends up to 72 hours in advance with incredible accuracy. vantage points patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds, so you can finally stop guessing what's going to happen next. Check out www.freestockcoaching.com and experience Vantage Point for free. Learn how successful traders generate their wealth. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Welcome back to Investing with IBD podcast sponsored by Vantage Point. I'm Justin Nielsen, your host, along with Arusha Piras and our special guest, Jim Ropel. Now, Jim, you were talking a lot about some of these qualities uh, and you were also mentioning some of the some of the giants in the field, uh, Jesse Livermore and Bill O'Neill, uh, Arusha. You had another question for him, though.
1: Yeah, he, when you were mentioning these these amazing greats, and, and we've all learned from them, it, it really kind of reminded me of just having examples, mentorship, right? And and it really gets back to the service you've been have you, well, you've been doing this for like six, seven months, Growth Stock mentor. Talk a little bit about it. Really, the goals of that because you didn't necessarily even need to do that. I, uh, I remember asking you that when, when you're st- starting it, but uh, talk a little bit about kind of your motivation, why why you're doing this Growth Stock Mentor. You know, I, I really, really
2: like to teach. You know, it, it's fun and I like to see people blow up when they learn and grow. Like my my pat- partner who passed away, Matt D'Souza, was a caddy. He was a, my caddy for years, went to college, uh, came out, got me into crypto the hedge fund crypto hedge fund I have is purely because of Matt but over the years of playing golf you, you go you play 18 holes of golf for four hours and you get to know your caddy mm-hmm. and so they start asking what do you do how'd you do it and they're like god I'd love to learn how to trade so I would go you know get Bill's book read it come see me at my office and every three four chapters we'll spend a half hour with you and we'll answer questions well, all of a sudden over the years, it's been like 30 people. And sometimes I have like five guys who want to come in in one week. I can't see, I don't, I don't have that much time. So um, I do the podcast to teach these kids how to trade. And then I met Adam Sarhan. He's like, Jim, let's you know blow this thing up. And so every Monday I take questions on anything regarding the markets, really anything. I mean, uh, psychology of the markets, setups, variables, and I'm just trying to teach people how to trade. And, you know, Bill, Bill taught me and I, part of it's giving back. And I do get this question like, well, Jim, why do you charge? And I'll tell you why I didn't say I gave the book to the caddies because I used to give the book out to people. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go to read the book. Like, Oh, it's in the trunk of my car. <laughs> right. if they don't have any skin in the game. They're not really interested. So if the kid goes out and buys the book, now I know he's a gamer. Now he'll read it. If, if you, you know, just, I'm looking for people who want to grow and be and blow up and become huge. So if you want to do that and you want to, you know, I got to, I was so lucky that I got to talk to bill Lee Freestone like one-on-one a lot, 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 and I'm not them, but I did get a lot of info from them. And I try to answer people's questions with them in in mind. So every Monday it's available. I I give the best, my positions, the markets uh, temperament, I rate the market. I, you know, I give you everything you want to know. It's just like having a Bill's Monday morning call is what All I right. try to replicate. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm I'm a, I'm a knockoff artist. Yeah. I am not doing any original thinking here. Yeah,
0: and for people that don't know, the Monday morning call was uh, a call that Bill would do uh, with you know institutional sales uh, with a lot of clients on the phone, and it was basically, hey, this is you know his thoughts. Uh, of course, as part of his routine, he was doing a lot of this research over the weekend, and so Monday morning, that's when he would kind of present it uh, about a what was it? Usually 7 a.m. Pacific time, about a half an hour into the uh, the, the, the market. So again, he, he would take that time every, every week and uh, make sure, you know, he kind of let people know where he was at. So speaking of where you're at, Jim, right now, let's go ahead and start talking about some of the stocks that you've been looking at uh, that are on your radar. And we'll go ahead and start with Cloudflare, uh, ticker symbol NET. And I should also disclose that I do have a
2: position in this myself. All right. Well, you know, if you go to the weekly, the first thing you're going to notice that I noticed is 12 or 14 weeks in a row up. And then if you go uh, up to down volume is 3.0. Now, wow, that's incredible. But it reminds me, you know, if you go back to Google, when Google was lighting, lighting up the world 10, 15 years ago, Google's up to down volume was 3.2. Now that's very, it's, it's very difficult even for a small cap stock, but when you get a big cap stock to do this, that is super unique. It's like driving uh, a Yugo at 280 miles an hour. It's just, it, it's so <laughs> rare. And, you know, if you look at it, uh, my notes, Fido is in there. Uh, now, I, I, you guys don't have Wanda, but
1: you know, but on, on the right-hand side here in markets, we have a We have a, we have a little window here, IBD mutual fund index ownership. Uh, So yeah, you can see Fidelity Contra funds in it and a couple others. So these are, these are funds that are part of the IBD mutual fund index. And so it'll pick up here in this little uh, window.
2: One little tidbit information. I love it that FIDO Fidelity Contra is in there, Mm -hmm. but of the Fidelity funds, it's my least favorite because they're so big. They have to have a piece of everything, but listen, if the analyst who got that manager to buy it goes down the hall to the other manager's office who has a fund, they're going to buy it. And all of a sudden these guys start to gang tackle it. Like just really quick, you want to pull up uh, NVIDIA and see yep. how many, will, will yep. it only give you three?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I, I think there's only- They have the, on I'm not not sure.
2: Mutual Fund Index. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm.
1: not sure what other, is it only, is it maybe only Contra Fund's only the only one. In okay, I'll
2: just say, four Fidelity Funds have it.
1: So all four, so- mm-hmm. And Fidelity if, Balance, Fidelity OTC. Yes. And, and I don't know. I can't remember the fourth one.
2: But again, this goes to liquidity. If it's one of the rare names that has everything. And now if we go back to net, net has a lot of those characteristics that I'm really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they aren't earning money, but they are beating. And the sales growth is ripping. I, I generally like if I have to sacrifice earnings, I want to see triple digit sales growth. It doesn't quite meet it, but this stock also has the cubby bear effect. <laughs> He's been beating me up for years that I should have this thing. Uh, my wife was the smart one who bought it at 20 from cubby. I think she likes him better than me. I might have <laughs> this a couple of years ago, but uh, you know, it really has a lot of the variables, something like possibly 20 or 30% of all of the internet traffic is serviced some in one way or another by Cloudflare.
1: Yeah. And investors, so like, Business Daily uses Cloudflare too. It's,
2: you know what, when those analysts you guys have come to see me and they're like, not only have we done the research, but we use it in the company. So it's more, and that's a great, Bill would always say, go to the comp, go to the, use the product, go to the store, go, go, how many cars are in the lot? If you can use these products, it really matters, but okay. So now I'm looking at the chart relative strength is 96. Yep. The, the, look at the, it's a wall of blue bars on the weekly. Look at that. I mean that is not my dad buying a thousand lot that's fidelity buying 300,000 every day for months. And again, where are what stocks are going to lead you to believe that that's possible. It's some complex or multiple complex hedge funds complexes are just going to be on the bid. And what does on the bid mean on the bid means when there's a big whale seller, it's not going to go down much because they'll take all the stock. So, um, I really like that. And I don't own it. I, I'm, if you could go to the daily, I'll kind of yep. give you an example of why. First of all, I'm not in a really aggressive buy mode and I didn't get it at say 86 or seven. Yeah, yep. Right. Right there. And that digestion really, I don't know how viable it was. It wasn't pristine. And then when it came out again over about 110, uh, to the right, a little bit over here, right there, I wasn't in love with the general market; it was kind of mushy. I had a bunch of stock. Um, I think this stock, if the market turns up, might be—I won't say the leader, but aim, its a good candidate to be a major leader, if not the leader. And it's liquid.
1: Now it looks like they are re- going to report earnings tomorrow, after the close tomorrow. Yes. So, so, so we'll 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 see how how the reaction is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already up twenty five percent just from the the top of the consolidation. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Okay,
0: let's go ahead and take a look
1: at one that
0: was on our radar for a while and seemed to kind of drop off. That's Dexcom.
2: The ticker symbol on this is DXCM. Okay, the, what occurred four days ago for me has I would say about half of the names that I made a lot of, the half of the names that I made the most money, So I made a lot of money in eight names started off just like that. Mm-hmm. When you get crushing thunder, thunder volume like that, can you just go buy one buyer to the rent? What was the volume? What was the volume that day?
1: On this day, it was uh, up 216%. And what was the share count
2: that day? Uh, 2.4
1: 2. million or two lo- more, more than that. But uh, yeah, 2.4.
2: Pretty significant volume on a yep. massive gap up. And then the next day, it shook a and little bit. This was a $500 stock, just to let people yeah. know. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so that's, that's a dollar volume. That's a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. don't you So when they do that and then they kind of hold tight, if the market turns up, the names that gap up a day or two before a follow through day or within two or three weeks after are going to be your leaders. Now the market is mushy and we aren't in an uptrend. We just need the whole market to turn. We need, um, the market is like a becalmed sailboat in the middle of the ocean. There's just no wind. The deckhands are sitting back drinking a beer. There's nothing to do, but that wind could come in five minutes. You could have, if Amazon would have had a good report, the whole market might have turned. Yeah. Right. Back to Dextacom, their product is amazing. I have a few children who uh, use the product to change their life about monitoring their glucose level. I believe they're waiting for an FDA approval. Um, up to down volumes 2.3. Earnings next year in 2022 are supposed to be up 40%. Mm-hmm. Relative strength is not sky high because it's coming out of a huge base. It's 85 and that's generally a little bit low for me i like to like it to be in the 90s i call 80 the floor i think bill would go a little lower i don't like to depending if it's been basing for a long time uh it has institutions it, it's got 11 weeks in a row up not counting this week and it's just super steady accumulation i mean that's what you'll see in a lot of monsters
1: um and Jim, also with the, that earnings reaction, it was a monster move on, on that day. But when you look on the weekly chart, it was it was also a breakout of a, a, a much larger base into all-time highs. There are some really good stocks that have a ton of overhead right now.
2: And I think Cloudflare is an example of another, I'm sorry, uh, Snow. Snow yeah. broke out yesterday, just like it broke out three weeks ago, and it got hammered back. It sh- it's much more ob- uh, observable on the daily. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason
1: it broke right uh, it, right here, well, broke out here. Yeah,
2: so it was back a back wonderful in. breakout on nine point yep. nine million shares. Yep, but the overhead I think was just too much, and it rammed yep. it back. You you certainly got stopped out on that. Now it ripped, it broke out violently again yesterday on a. Not and you have growth pulling back at the same time there,
0: you know, right? as well.
2: So everything was kind of pulling back.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, overhead is just it's. Every time you sacrifice one variable, a can slim, your risk goes up. Doesn't mean it won't work. It just means your risk is higher, your risk that it, it will fail or, or and fail badly. So I try to, listen, there's probably about 20 stocks that are TML potential, true market leader potential. Why would you monkey with something that doesn't have all the variables? Hmm. They're all, you can buy anything you want. You don't have to buy something that doesn't meet all the variables. So if I segued way away from Dexter? No,
1: kind of- and, and Jim, that, <laughs> that gets us. So if there, if there are 20 stocks, right? So in your, in your portfolio, seven to eight stocks, you're trying to get concentrated positions? Is it lower than that? Um, I have five. Our, Okay, so five. five. So you only need five of eight. those 20.
2: I'll take eight, I'll buy eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the market's mushy. Yeah know if and i don't have big i'm only about 80 percent long i actually have a short position on, on the queues right now i am short the queues not the calls on the queues okay. but um listen if the market if the wind would come into the sails in that become ship the deck hands in this shop are going to get their up and go 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 <laughs> chop chop right i mean i could be 130 percent long theoretically by early next week if, if things changed yeah i i will move fast and I actually have caught myself being moving back and forth between bearish and bullish way more than normal. But, you know, I've been questioned a lot about that. And I would talk to Bill one week and he'd say, yeah, I'm really bullish. And I talked to him a week or two later. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. A lot. And listen, you have to keep, we're in this period where you're probably getting chopped up. You have got to change and change when when the information presents itself. But you have to be, I have to feel like I'm being forced into it. I'm not going to force money in the market because I want to. I have to feel compelled to, like, I'm missing out. Like, I've got to go. Because if you're just swinging the bat, swinging the bat, you're going to get chopped ribbons. And next thing you know, you'll be down 20%. That's a no good, Nick. Yeah,
0: you'll get tired out mentally, you know, and, you know, it just, it's no good. Or then um, the turn will come and you'll miss it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you'll either be psychologically damaged, you're like, oh, I, you know, again, it, it, it knocks down your confidence, just as you said before, you have to kind of protect your confidence. Um, so you know, let's go ahead and switch over to something a little bit different. Um, let's talk about coin. Uh, what is it that you like about this one? Uh, you, you've mentioned uh, crypto, uh, you, that you have a crypto fund. Um, what, what, what is it that excites you about this,
2: this stock? All right. If Bill were here on this call, he would be <laughs> saying, what are you thinking about? <laughs> now, I, I have a crypto fund and I understand the fundamentals of crypto really, really, really well. So I do see some accumulation in a, in a bottoming type pattern of sorts. Bill would probably never monkey with this, but I am so confident in the next five, 10 years for crypto, beyond that, it's like Jell-O, it's like Xerox. When you mention to somebody, not a sophisticated person, but like the average guy in the street who's thinking about buying crypto, he's going to go to Coinbase. He doesn't know what Gemini is and he doesn't have an institutional account like at Cumberland Trading, he, he's gonna go here. And the, this is the on-ramp to the digital world for the average man. I see no end to this. Now, I, I have a small position in it. If I, will, I actually bought a tiny bit today because of the volume bar. I'm kind of working my way into this slowly, but I will hit it a lot harder over 250. And over 260, I intend to have my whole position on. But bottoming bases are a messy, messy affair. It's like a downtrend line break. It's like a retest of the 50-day. There's no one. In, it's very rare that is a one and done like set it and forget it. You may have to work around this above and below 250, 264. It could be six months, but the pot, Look, please, if you could put up the earnings sales. and So, okay, this is displayed a lot different, but look at that. Look at these quarters. you right. Okay. I mean, these, 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 this growth is massive and I don't see, I do see competition and I do see margin compression, but, I don't wanna fool around with the brand name leader in probably auto autonomous driving, crypto, You know, digital, is probably one of the biggest innovations in our lifetime. And this is just at the, at the crux of it. Now it may take more time to get through the institutional due diligence phase, but I really, and look, relative strength is nine. Bill, <laughs>
1: hit my hand with a ruler, okay? But, well, when you're talking
0: about those triple digit numbers, just, just so people are clear, you know, because a lot of times you might see a triple digit growth number, and it's off of like a penny, you know, earnings per share or something like that. Um, this, you know, th- this is off of 16 cents, you know, in the in this mm-hmm. latest one, um, you know, and, and for the revenue growth, again, you've had triple digit, you know, this is this is a one billion in the last, 1.8 billion in the last quarter. So uh, this is triple-digit growth off of some real meaningful numbers, not you know, not some small numbers here.
2: Yeah, Bill would say to me, when you have a stock that has triple-digit sales and earnings growth, it it can go so much farther than anyone thinks before it breaks the 50. He he basically he didn't forbade me, but he's like, you you can't sell that triple-digit sales and earnings growth until it breaks the 50. And I've had a few. That have gone to Mars, mm-hmm. and this has the possibility. Look, Zoom ZM is not mm-hmm. over. Can we just look at the sales and earnings there, guys? Hello, digit, eight quarters. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at those numbers. Um, the relative strength is seventy four, and it's really crummy. But you've got three buy points here: little over four hundred, little over four fifty, and then through the highs at five ninety. That's just a gigantic base that looks just like Broadcom. When I bought Broadcom in 1989, um, you know, no one's got, I'm segwayed this thing so far off track. No, no, keep going. Mm-hmm. You get triple-digit sales and earnings growth. Y- there might only be 10 companies in the whole market, maybe five that have liquidity in that. Th- listen, get your laser beam out and focus on this. I'm holding this thing from like a hundred <laughs> or something. I don't even know. And I had no, listen, I hedged through the top and all the way down, but I'm, I'm unhedged right now. I think this thing could come out. And I, again, the relative thing to 74, the ghost, you know, Bill would be beating me up and not, he would say, you need to be in the leaders of the day, but I'm also not into paying taxes. Like Bill was cool with the paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into making the money. And I think this stock could re- resurge. So
1: yeah, it's it has some overhead supply that has to work through, so it may may take a little bit of while. But yeah, I mean, you, ne- you never want to lose track of of a stock with Zoom, with potential as Zoom. We're using obviously Zoom right now to do the the podcast. Just very right. very quickly going back to Coinbase, and I, I do own some shares. Of, of Coinbase to a small amount. I, I think Jim's had a, a, a wonderful influence on me on on crypto, talking about crypto and all that. Uh, yeah, and I, and the I have too. a Coinbase uh. account too, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, the the one thing that I, I was looking at as I thought about this more and more is, and obviously this is still far away from really being actionable and kind of your classic slim leader on a technical basis. Uh, but I, I was thinking back like 98, 99, schwab right it was a discount broker big brand name where people were starting getting the stocks where were they going they were going to schwab so same thing here crypto's online of- exactly they that went online huge. and so same thing here crypto is getting a little bit more familiar with the mainstream where are they like jim was saying before where are they going to go they're going to coinbase like i did mm-hmm.
2: i want yeah. to say one thing this is a special occasion like when I was a little kid, I'd say, mom, I want to go sleep over at Johnny's house. And, I, and they'd be like, no. And I'm like, special occasion. Like, okay, but that, you're going to get it once per year. Mm-hmm. I have done something like buy a bottoming base once in less last three years. Like I had to call Eve up and say, look, I'm doing this. And I know it's against the rules, but I don't want you to do it. Okay. Like I don't <laughs> do this. This is so rare. I've probably done this in my life. Well, early on, I probably did it a lot more, but I haven't done this in three years. So don't think this is how I operate. Don't think this is the way you should operate. But when you have fundamental knowledge that gives you an edge, and I'm leaning into my edge a little bit, but I am going to wait till the bulk of this overhead clears before I throw a monster position at. And right. don't and, be gi-
1: and, and Jim, if this broke into new lows, right, undercut and made new lows, you're out, right? So I, I think that's the other yeah. big lesson here is risk it, management. It, yeah. You, Jim is incredibly optimistic about this. I'm a, a very optimistic about Coinbase and the potential. That being said, if the stops are hit, if the risk is, is too high at that point, you cut and let the stock set up again and prove itself again. Yeah, 100%. you could just say it's not the right time.
2: Right. Listen, mm-hmm. cutting losses is such an automatic, it's like a zero defect policy. We don't even have to discuss it. If you it's don't true. have that, you're done. You will, you will blow up for sure. And if you listen to me long enough, I will drag you down the crypto rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's probably going to be it for this show. So maybe we can uh, have you on again, Jim, because it's always a pleasure. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your years of experience, and uh, again, some, some great ideas of what people can do for success uh, in their own trading. So thanks a lot for that, Jim. Dude, thank you for
2: having me. I want to say three things. Get in the water to catch the wave. Until the golden goose of capitalism is killed by socialism, these names are going to keep coming, and anybody, and I mean anybody, can level up their life, whether it's from first class to private jet or rented house to their first house. It's all possible using the system. Stay with it, and uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, a good, good note to end on, so thanks again, Jim. Uh, next week, we're going to have George Young. He's a partner and portfolio manager at Valera and Company. So again, thanks for tuning in to Investing with IBD. I'm Justin Nielsen. And of course, my, my partner in crime, Arusha Paris. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already, we'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold or sell any securities make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.